DPP presidential candidate Lai ching has reacted to Monday's meeting between the chairs of the KMT and Taiwan's People's Party. The two opposition parties agreed on several issues, notably that they will join forces in the legislative elections. Speaking to reporters on Tuesday, Lai dismissed the election alliance as, quote, hollow. He said the two parties were teaming up because, quote, neither side aligns with mainstream public opinion. Lai said that the KMT and TPP's joint activities will have no impact on his campaign decisions. The executive board meeting of the Associations of Star Alliance pilots met on Tuesday with Vice President Lai Qingde in attendance. As the elections draw near, Lai is juggling campaign events with his official duties. When asked about recent talks between the KMT and Taiwan People's Party, Lai appeared unfazed. The reason the KMT and TPP are negotiating an alliance is because neither side aligns with mainstream public opinion in Taiwan. It's like two minor enemies banding together to fight a larger enemy. The consensus they reached yesterday can be summed up in one word, hollow. It will have no bearing on my future campaign activities. Lai dismissed the talks between the TPP and KMT. He pointed to one of the four points the parties agreed on, to ask the president to report to the legislative union directly instead of through the premier. Lai says the law already allows parliament to request a presidential report. Article 4 of the additional articles of the Constitution of the Republic of China already states that while the legislative yuan is in session, it may hear a report on the state of the nation by the president. So if the legislative yuan were to invite the president over, of course I would accept the invitation and go to the legislative yuan. The reason why previous presidents have not delivered such reports at the legislative yuan is because cross-party negotiations have never been able to reach a consensus on it. The legislative yuan has never issued an invitation to a sitting president. Lai also criticized TPP candidate Ko Wenzhe, who claimed that former Minister of Agriculture Chen Ji-jung squandered money on creating an insurance program for farmers. Lai says Ko is pointing fingers at the wrong person. Had Ke Wenzhe not brought it up, people wouldn't have realized how little he knows about state affairs. He's mixing up farmers' insurance with agricultural insurance. It just goes to show the lack of concern he has for farmers and his lack of support for the agricultural sector. Judging from Ko's tone, does he want to do away with agricultural insurance or does he want to do away with farmers' insurance? He should clarify his position to the public. Lai asked Ke to make his stance clear. With the election approaching, the candidates are ramping up the rhetoric, charging up the atmosphere of the presidential race. Over now to the opposition. KMT presidential candidate Hou Youyi and Ke Wenzhe of Taiwan People's Party shared a stage on Tuesday at an Yilan Temple ceremony. The two camps have been inching closer to a joint presidential ticket with a meeting of the candidates planned to hash out the details. But at the temple event on Tuesday, there was clear friction between their supporters who shouted slogans to make their feelings known. A day after his meeting with KMT Chair Eric Chu, the TPP's Ko Wenzhe shared a stage with Hou Youyi at Yilan's Jietian Temple. Despite Ko's presence, KMT supporters shouted Hou Youyi for president more than once. Thank you. 
It's a great honor to celebrate the arrival of Jietian Temple's Xuanwu deity more than 200 years ago. Of course, I pray for favorable weather and peace for our nation. I wish all the distinguished guests here good health, happiness, and peace. Kerr kept his speech brief at less than 30 seconds. After taking the microphone, Ho held forth at length, drawing a backlash from Kerr supporters. <laughs> When they began to chant Ke's name, Ke gestured for restraint. Media asked Ho if he thought Ke's supporters were being rude. It's common for two friends to run into each other by chance. But as for the three of us meeting formally, I hope that happens as soon as possible, because all of our supporters are very, very anxious. Very soon, we will need to make clear to our supporters what the KMT-TPP alliance will entail. The ball is rolling on high-level talks between the KMT and TPP, although their grassroots supporters remain firmly at odds. For both candidates, the true test will be convincing their bases to accept a joint ticket. Taiwan has published the diaries kept by Jiang Kai-shek during his first term as president. The U.S. returned the diaries this September after a decade-long legal battle. Academia Historica President Chen Yishen announced the publication at a press conference on Tuesday. He said the record's release can be seen as a form of social progress and healing. The published diaries date from 1948 to 1954. They are part of a larger collection kept by Jiang and his son, Jiang Jingguo. This July, a U.S. court recognized Taiwan's ruling that the presidential diaries were property of the state. Ownership was transferred from Stanford University to the Academia Historica, which is now archiving the collection and restoring damage. The diaries will also be digitized to extend their lifespan. The Consumers Foundation has filed a class-action lawsuit against Costco for selling contaminated frozen berries. The foundation says Costco failed to carry out its duty to ensure product safety, adding that it did not provide sufficient compensation to consumers earlier this year. In total, the foundation is asking Costco to pay 11.07 million NT to affected consumers. This year, the hepatitis A virus was found in batches of Costco's frozen mixed berries and blueberries. The Consumers Foundation has filed a class action suit against Costco, demanding 20,000 NT in compensation for each affected consumer. It's also seeking punitive damages of three times the purchase price, up from two. It's such a large company, but its inspection mechanisms are lacking. The compensation it offered consumers was just a refund plus an amount equivalent to the purchase price, but it did not offer any compensation for matters like psychological damages. The suit was filed on behalf of 135 consumers. It asks Costco to pay approximately 11.07 million NT. Back in March, Costco should have known that the contaminant was present in the products imported from the U.S., but it didn't do anything about it. The company failed to do its job. It failed to implement self-management to ensure food safety in accordance with Article 7 of the Act Governing Food Safety and Sanitation. Earlier this year, the Consumer Lobby Group won a lawsuit against Top Pot Bakery, 
which was found to be using artificial ingredients in all natural bakery products in 2013. It had sought compensation of 1,000 NT per customer affected. This time, the foundation is asking for 20 times more from Costco. 要求的就是比我们前案胖达人的一个精神慰抚金还要高。We are seeking more compensation for psychological damages than in the previous case against Top Pot Bakery. The reason is that this time we're dealing with toxic substances. In addition, Costco's annual membership fees are quite high. Costco says it will reach out to the Consumers Foundation for clarity on case details. It says it will continue to communicate with the foundation to ensure consumer safety. A new fraud prevention video series features TV stars acting out common fraud scenarios in a bid to capture audience attention. The C- Criminal Investigation Bureau teamed up with Winnie Chang and Derek Chen to bring some common scams to life. Both the actors have had their own personal experience of being scammed, which they share to normalize the experience. They hope their dramatic portrayal of fraud can stick in viewers' memories and prevent others from falling for a trick. Actor Winnie Chang begs her on-screen boyfriend not to believe what an app is telling him. After lots of arguments, she convinces him and gives him a snack. The whole plot is so involved, it seems like a soap opera. But it's the Criminal Investigation Bureau's latest fraud prevention video. We want to use the format of soap opera plot to bring viewers into the scenario and make it really memorable because it's kind of fun, but also talking about the issue in a serious way. So we hope people can relax while watching and then remember what they saw. To raise awareness about fraud, the Criminal Investigation Bureau got familiar actors like Winnie Chang and Derek Chen to star in their latest fraud prevention videos. The actors also shared their personal experience. With fraudsters, Chang once tried to buy a lipstick on a website that turned out to be a single-page sales fraud, losing almost 1,000 NT. Chen almost fell for a scam where a scammer tried to convince him that his brother had been kidnapped. They wanted me to pay a ransom, but after we talked for a couple of minutes, I thought, huh, something's not right. Everything the scammer said was quite vague. It was only when he said that I had. To pay up, pay a ransom. That he seemed clear about what he was saying. I alerted my father and asked him to contact my brother and see how he was, because we were both at work at the time. So I asked my dad to handle it. Then we made contact with my brother, and it turned out he was at work, safe and sound. These stars want to use their influence as public figures to raise awareness and help viewers remember the message. Educate yourself about common scams and be alert, and you can avoid losing your money to fraudsters. Taiwan's economy grew by 2.32 percent in the third quarter, according to an advanced estimate. That's 0.22 percentage points lower than an August forecast by the National Statistics Agency. An official said that contributing factors were weak consumer demand, slowing corporate investment, as well as a high base of comparison from the same period last year. GDP growth for the year 2023 is expected to fall to 1.55 percent. Let's hear from the agency. 估第三季资本形成负成长百分之十四点零四，较八月预测数低九点六一个百分点。
Real gross capital formation in the third quarter fell by 14.04%, 9.61 percentage points lower than the August forecast. That is the main reason for the growth rate falling below expectations. But has investment really dropped off? I believe that a very important factor is last year's high base of comparison. In terms of scale, investment stands slightly higher than it did before the pandemic. So I think that momentum is still there. As for whether the economy is making a turn for the better, GDP growth was 10.47% on a quarter-on-quarter seasonally adjusted annualized basis. That marks an improvement. If the fourth quarter hits the August forecast of 5.59%, the economic growth rate for the year will be 1.55%. Finalized figures for the July to September period will be provided later this month. The agency stressed that annual GDP growth is subject to impact from global geopolitical tensions, such as the escalating Israel-Palestine conflict. Thailand has granted temporary visa-free entry to Taiwan nationals. From November 10th to May 10th of next year, Taiwanese travelers may stay for up to 30 days without a visa. The decision was announced ahead of the winter months Thailand's high season for tourism. According to government data, Thailand saw 22 million tourists from this January to October 29th. They resulted in revenue of 927.5 billion baht, or about 800.3 billion NT. The country's goal is to reach 28 million tourist arrivals by the end of this year. The foreign ministry held an awards ceremony on Tuesday for its ninth trending Taiwan short film competition. This year's winners include a Taiwanese travel influencer and a brother and sister duo from Malaysia. The videos capture the Taiwan's diverse beauty from its stunning natural landscapes to the tastiest bites at local night markets. It's Taiwan from above, sweeping views of cities and countryside captured in the day and night. This work is a winner of the Trending Taiwan Short Film Competition, which drew entries from all over the country. I went to every corner of Taiwan to shoot and collected all of this footage. It took me a really long time to get all the materials ready. My love for this land was what allowed me to pull off this video. Travel YouTuber Zoe won first prize in the Real Style Short Video Award category, which honors portrait mode videos. The vlogger could barely hide her excitement at being the category's inaugural winner. Second prize went to a video showcasing Taiwan's night market culture, one bite at a time. It was made by a Malaysian brother and sister duo who experienced Taichung's Fengjia Night Market for the first time. Fengjia Night Market really is so fun. It's like a huge fair. We experience the most authentic local culture. You can have such a great time at very low prices for a dime. The contest also recognized landscape mode videos with the Creative Theme Award and submissions from students with the Student Special Award. The contest aims to attract creative filmmakers who can tell the stories and capture the feel of Taiwan. I saw several submissions that touched on cultural issues in a deeper level. That's one of the more special things I saw this year. Both Taiwanese and foreign participants were able to produce these touching videos about Taiwan. The winning works will be subtitled in several foreign languages. That will be broadcast and used to promote the beauty of Taiwan. The foreign ministry hopes the contest will be a platform that puts Taiwan in the spotlight. An Estonian immigrant has opened a unique cafe in Yunling full of antique furniture. 
Zavartilo Maxim moved to Taiwan to build a life with his Taiwanese wife. He decided to study coffee farming and roasting and became passionate about the bean. He travels back to Europe to find antiques for the coffee shop they run in Huwei Township. And the young couple have worked hard to build connections with local businesses in Yunling as they take on the challenge of running their own business. Zevertilo Maxim from Estonia is busy roasting coffee beans. I told you I got shot with the bean. They usually don't like uh, high temperature. At the age of 19, he went to Australia for a working holiday, looking to expand his horizons. Somewhere along the way, he met his future wife and ended up moving to her home country, Taiwan. The couple settled in Yunling, where they opened an antique-themed cafe. I want to uh, put for use antiques. It, uh, it gives shop the feeling and the customer also can uh, use it and try and take picture, like have experience. Different culture and myself, I'm happy to offer for people to have this kind of experience. Maxim studied coffee farming and roasting in Yuning's Gukun Township and collaborates with a pastry chef from Donan Township. Those connections have smoothed the rough path of starting up a small business and helped the couple connect with many more businesses and young people in Yuning. For Maxim, it's also a journey of cultural adjustment. More humble, more patient, and of I just fit more in with the culture now because you know it's Taiwan culture so you're living here you should like live by their rules and you know I fit in and I feel comfortable. Maxim is passionate about constantly developing his roasting skills. In 2016 he won the silver medal at the Gukun Coffee Festival roasting tournament and plans to take the challenge on again in 2023. Taiwan coffee is easy to roast because when you roast them it's very easy to hear the popping sound. It's like more easy. Actually, yeah, like Taiwan coffee is more easy to roast, I feel, for me. A coffee bean takes time, care, and just the right temperature to transform into a perfect cup of coffee. Creating a home in a new culture can feel equally grueling, but Maxim has made his way through the challenges to enjoy the fruits of his work. And now we head over to Kaohsiung, which has recorded more than 1,000 dengue fever infections so far this year. A counselor on Monday asked the city's Department of Health about adopting biological pest control methods used in other countries to reduce the spread of disease. The health department said that a program was already in works. In 2021, the city started collaborating with Kaohsiung Medical University on a program to breed male mosquitoes infected with, with Wolbachia bacteria. When released into the wild, the infected male mosquitoes breed with uninfected female mosquitoes who then lay sterile eggs that never hatch. The method requires no pesticides and can quickly bring down the spread of disease via mosquitoes. The program is scheduled to begin international operations in 2024.